Get myself some bonbons. <laughs> Dude, have y'all been to the grocery lately? Like, that's what you can buy. He calls it the grocery. <laughs> What are we in nineteen twenty? What do you call it? The grocery the, store? This or just the store? The grocery. Have you guys been to the grocery? Have you have you chaps been to the grocery lately? <laughs> I'm I'm like shocked that this is a thing right now. Oh man. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of FL, FFFL Podcast, episode four. Back with the co-host, John Lassie, William Myers. How we doing after week three? I'm feeling good. I got a win thanks to my guy, C.D. Lamb, who I've been trying to trade, but now I might not be trading. So feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, he's coming back a little bit to life. I'll talk about him in a little in a little while later on, but he his target share is super super encouraging, which obviously isn't the only thing you got to look at, but it is it's still been mm-hmm. it's been pretty good. So as as two Cowboys fans, is there a quarterback controversy in Dallas? No, no. no. that was that was emphatic, Lassie. That was emphatic. Okay, no. That gets paid too and, much. And no. yeah, in what in what world would you choose Cooper Rush over Dak? And in, in all, let in, me tell you a little story about a man named Matt Flynn. He was a backup, had a couple of great performances, got paid big time, and the Seahawks still started Russell Wilson over him. So, and you never I, heard of I, Matt Flynn, so right? No, I know, I know exactly Matt Flynn because he he was backup at Green Bay, had was amazing like two games, got paid like you said a crap ton of money, but Russell Wilson was still. I would still choose Russell Wilson over Matt Flynn. So, what? How is that an an advocate for Cooper Rush over Dak? Oh, because Honeycutt said uh, that that makes too much money. Oh, so gotcha. Refuting that point specifically. Oh, okay, yeah. I see. Will, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Doing good. Uh, I think my team is rounding into pretty good form. I, I had a, a little bit of a wide receiver to question mark, and, and while the questions are still there, I'm encouraged by my performances of my kind of number two guys there. Um, I'm a little concerned, i got to be honest, as many I'm sure are about my first round running back choice uh, as much as some people should be, but I was hoping to get 20 to 25 and I'm getting right around 15, which is still good, but that's not really, you know, mm-hmm. first round running back pick. Good. So that's uh, right. I, I still think I'm in decent shape compared to some, but yeah, it, it's definitely a little, a little bit concerning. So, Oh yeah. And we're going to dive into that running back question a little bit later, but I feel you. It was a. It was one of those weeks where I just knew I was going to lose the way it might. Oh yeah, started. you were you were toast from the start. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, okay, cool. I know I'm done. I don't have to like. This isn't going to be a nail biter. It's over. So I just turned the page. It was a bad weekend all the way around. Saturday was terrible. Sunday was terrible. Why was Saturday terrible? I think I... we're we're going to turn the page. We're gonna, we're going to turn the page. You're going to bury the tape. You bury the tape in yes. the backyard. Yes, correct. We don't want to speak of it. Just move on. Move mm-hmm. on to the next game. It's a good attitude. Anyways, great. Yep. Need to move on. Look forward. Don't look backwards. Um, but yeah, we're going to walk into week 
we're going to talk a little bit about week three first, but then we're going to walk into week four of fantasy football. Um, but let's talk about some takeaways. Um, Will, do you want to kick us off with some takeaways from week three? Yeah, I've got two things. The first is the the huge gap in production from the top two tight ends versus everybody else. So far, Mark Andrews is the number one tight end, so we can skip the top four, by the way. He's got 65.8 fantasy points. Travis Kelsey has 55, so that's 10 points over three weeks. Not like a terribly huge gap, but it's still significant. But then the third tight end is Tyler Conklin. He's got 38 points. Wow. I mean, that dude is almost, he's like 17 points less than Travis Kelsey. <clears throat> and then before you get out of the top 10, you're at 30 points, 25 points less over three weeks. I mean, that's just a huge, huge number. Um, and it's just a testament to how good Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey are specifically and how kind of underwhelming someone like Darren Waller has been. And, you know, I know we've talked about him a lot, but Kyle Pitts, a lot of people were high on him. He's been pretty underwhelming as well. So um, those, those two dudes are just beasts. And if you've got them on your team, you are, you are lucky because uh, they are highly valuable. So the second thing I wanted to talk about was this new little metric I saw on my ESPN app, uh, the fantasy app called Open Score, which essentially isolates a receiver's ability as much as possible and to quantify his openness on all routes, targeted or not, while considering factors such as the route the receiver is running, the coverage he is facing, defender positioning, leverage, ball placement, quarterback skill, among others. Blah, blah, blah. Essentially, how open is your receiver? <clears throat> you guys know this because I told you about it beforehand, but I was shocked at who was number one. Mm-hmm. Me too. Number one is Tyler Lockett. Uh, his fantasy production has been good so far this season. Um, he's had back-to-back weeks with, I think, over 16 points. Week one is a little rough, but that's pretty good. You know, That's honestly about what you might expect from, from Tyler Lockett. Um, and then the top five, Deontay Johnson, he's a solid player. I was still surprised he was this high. Mark Andrews, not shocking at all. He's amazing. Hollywood Brown and Zay Jones were the top five. Zay Jones is in the top five of open score. So, um, now obviously this does not necessarily translate into fantasy production one for one, but it, it might be a good indicator of potential. And then a few other wide receivers of notes. Jamar Chase was sixth. C.D. Lamb was seventh. Tyreek Hill was eighth. Uh, Romeo Dobbs was tied with Tyreek Hill. And then you've got Kelsey at 11. Um, Cortland Sutton at 13. Diggs at 14. Elijah Moore at 15. Devonta Adams at 17. Justin Jefferson at 20. So there's obviously, you know, you think about the really, really good wide receivers. Most of them are on here, as well as Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. Um, but what's also surprising is some of the bottom scores uh guys like pat fryermuth 84th Jahan dotson and curtis samuel who've both been pretty good so far this season from a fantasy production perspective were second to last and last which is which is crazy as wow. was george pickens who had that really great catch so maybe he's just never open he just makes really good catches um <laughs> so anyways yeah dj moore uh also not great his open score was 42 so um. Yeah, it it it's very interesting to see kind of where these people fall, and uh, yeah, it was a, a cool little article I read that showed that Tyler Lockett was number one, which is kind of surprising. Hmm. He's on the block. 
I wonder if there's a correlation there of those top people, the ones that are having good fantasy production, have a good quarterback that can well, actually get them the ball. Well, I think that's part of it, right? Like Mark Andrews, yeah. like you're gonna you're gonna prefer Mark Andrews over Tyler Lockett, but if you look mm-hmm. at Tyler Lockett specifically, I mean, because we've talked about the the Seattle Seahawks quarterback situation ad nauseum, if not on the podcast, we've talked about it a bunch out of the podcast. Tyler Lockett averages almost 15 points. He's at 14.4 points per game, and his position rank is 25th. So he's literally just outside that uh, discussion from a ranking perspective. And he, he scored 5.8 points in week one, but 20 and almost 17 the next couple weeks. So, I mean. Very, very, very Tyler Lockett-esque. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. But, like, let's see if, if, if he can. And then you have, like, a guy like Elijah Moore, who we talked about, is one of the better. He's in the top 20. Uh, he only averages eight points because he's got Joe Flacco thrown to him. So maybe that, you know, I think that's probably played something to do with it. So Not for long. Zach Wilson is on his way back. Zach Wilson's on his way back. Which I, and a guy like Curtis for... Samuel. Sorry, he, a guy like Curtis Samuel, who is near the bottom, is uh, – Ranked wide receiver at this point, so yeah. Hmm. I'll save my question for about Zach Wilson for a little bit later. No, I I know where you're going. It's a good good thought. Thanks, Will. Appreciate it. Uh, John, go for it. Hit us with your takeaways. Yeah, so I wanted to do a little um, running back comparison here. So running back A has 28 carries for 122 yards, 13 receptions on 16 targets for 74 yards and no touchdowns. Running back B. 22 carries for 112 yards, 13 catches on 21 targets, 101 yards, and one receiving touchdown. Um, who do you guys think these running back A and B are? And I, I think, Hanika, you said you know already because you might have cheated and looked it up. But no, no, no. Well, I, I didn't cheat and look at it. I just think I know what it is. Uh, I think it's what Carter, do you think, and Hall. Carter and Hall. Hey, which, one is, which one is which? Oh, I know, uh, I know that one. The first one, the first one is Carter. The second one is Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And and this was the uh, this last week was the first week that Hall outsnapped Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, just interesting that these two guys are <clears throat> not. They're not. I mean, I think they're probably averaging. What will you have, Michael Carter? He's probably in the twelve to thirteen range. I believe average. that's right. Let me check real quick. So Hall's got to be averages eleven. Eleven. <clears throat> Yeah, so anyway, just interesting. And I think a lot of people are high which on is, Hall. Which is kind of like, good this year, honestly, by the way. Yeah. But we can talk about that. Well, one question just about the Jets offense in general, because you have um, the receiver Garrett. It's Garrett Wilson, right? I can't him. I have Elijah Moore. Yeah, right. Garrett, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is has been, like, stellar for the Jets. So is Conklin. <clears throat> so is Conklin. Uh, right. I, I think maybe I, I just put it out there to you guys. Do you think that that has to do more with um, chemistry with Joe Flacco or will we see it continue once Zach Wilson takes it back over when, you know, people saw a lot of Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore last year. And obviously last year they didn't have Conklin, but do you think that that Wilson taking over will affect these receivers or these running backs or the tight end negatively, positively. How, how do you think that'll work with him coming back in the fold? Yeah, I don't know, man. Zach Wilson, he's kind of uh, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Sporadic, maybe. I just he, yeah. he wasn't consistent in any of his games. Joe Flacco, a veteran, 
he's kind of consistent. So I don't really know what we're going to see. All I do know is that I think the game script is shifting and targets are shifting to Hall. It's obvious. I mean, he had 11 targets um, uh, in week three. He caught six receptions on 11 targets. Yeah. And so if he gets that much volume in the air, I mean, he's going to always score more than Carter. Um, he had eight. Uh, he ran the ball. Had, had you, not, you learned your lesson yet? Don't overreact to one week. No, he he had that <laughs> he's same double, volume. He's doubling down on Dylan. No, no, no. He, yeah, he had that same down volume. Dylan. <laughs> he had no, that I same do, I actually do agree. I agree with him. I mean, look, you, you, you're, you're, probably, you're probably right. Like, I, I think you're probably right. But, like, I, I'm not ready to say that yet. I mean, they're still – Carter's still going to have his, and they're still probably going to be close, but – it, it feels like it's shifting towards Hall a little bit more. Every week, if you look at their breakdowns, which I have looked at, target share and RB counts, it's starting to shift towards Hall percentage-wise. So, yeah. Anyway, To answer good, your question last year, I think Garrett Wilson and Conklin will, will still be good players, but, like, Garrett Wilson's the 14th-ranked wide receiver. I don't imagine he finishes – that high. I think him and Elijah Moore will kind of even out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would say probably the one that may fall off the most is probably Tyler Conklin because Zach Wilson is not known for the drop down like Joe Flacco is. So, right. Yeah. That's a little bit makes me a little bit nervous. But, you know, I think um, I, I'm just kind of holding out to see what uh, I've gotten some offers for Schultz and and Conklin both, and I just don't know if I need, if I should move on from one of them yet or just wait to see how Conklin fares. I mean, he's been pretty good. Not Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews good, but he's the next best tight end. Yeah, so he's yeah, um, he's in that, that second so, tier, but he's at the top. Anyway, and he was a waiver ad for me, but just, you know, I'm, I'm concerned a little bit as, as to how it might look with, with Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Anyway, next thing I wanted to point out, Mike Clay uh, puts out the strength of schedule we've talked about in previous episodes um, last year um, for each position group. He has two columns. Raw column is based on fantasy points allowed to that position so far, and adjusted is based on fantasy points allowed above expected, which helps normalize for like a high volume. Um, So just some interesting things here. Uh, Buffalo or Josh Allen and Russell Wilson have some of the easiest remaining schedules for quarterbacks. Um, Buffalo also has an easy remaining schedule for receivers. So Birdman, uh, it's good news for him with Josh Allen and all the Buffalo receivers. Um, Jacksonville and Houston have the easiest or some of the easiest for running backs. Carolina has the hardest or some of the hardest for, um, for running backs. Arizona's up there too. Um, Buffalo and Cincy have the easiest um, for wide receiver. Uh, the Rams are the hardest. Carolina's the easiest for tight end. Who is Carolina's tight end? I don't even know. And Philly is the hardest. So Dallas Godert there might be have a harder time <clears throat> moving forward. Um, anyway, just interesting. I, I, I love looking at this every week when Mike Clay puts it out. And it gets better as with more data, obviously. So as the season goes on, because it's based on, you know, weeks um, – one through three, he's projecting out for the rest of the, of the season. So, anyway. yeah, that's cool. If you look at Kansas City's line, I think, I mean, I, I've heard all 
all offseason that Kansas City has one of the hardest schedules. And it's just, I mean, you can see it's true right there. Hardest for quarterback, 25 and 23 for running back, 29 and 30 for wide receiver, 23 and 30 for tight end. So um, just interesting that point there. That is very interesting. Um, That's good stuff. Um, So some takeaways for me. I was going to talk about some RBs as well. I think there's some young RB stock that are on the rise. Um, if you'll look at Cam Akers, for instance, pretty much a 50-50 split uh, the last two weeks. Um, he's had 12-plus carries in back-to-back weeks, so kind of starting to shift towards him. Uh, Pierce for the Houston Texans. He went from 11 carries week one, 15 carries week two, 20 carries week three, and had a touchdown uh, in week three, too. So just kind of ramping up that he could be a good RB2, for a solid RB2 for a team. And then who we talked about earlier, Brees Hall, 13 receptions over over three weeks, and he has 5.25 yards per carry on the ground. And so it feels like those guys are starting to heat up and the offense is starting to kind of gear towards them a little bit um, on those squads. So that affects the uh, Rams – the Texans and the Jets backfields. So thought that would be kind of interesting to see. Uh, the next one is uh, throw out a question to y'all. Uh, what is the duo of receivers on the same team that are both in the top five? Both are in the top five in receiver and top eleven overall. Do y'all I know, know this that one is? actually. I know it's got to be got to be Diggs and Davis. Nope. Right? Nope. 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 There there have been two players that have done better. Yep. It's Miami. Oh, yeah. Jalen Waddle yeah. and Tyreek Hill, right? That's right. So Jalen Waddle has 19 receptions, 342 yards for three TDs, and Tyreek Hill has 21 receptions for 317 and two TDs. Just crazy yeah. to think. All the questions Shocking. that surrounded them in the offseason, like Tyreek moving over there, Waddle ended the year so well, and now they're both in the top five in receiver and top 11 overall. Pretty crazy. That is yeah. crazy. <clears throat> we'll see if it continues. I mean, Waddle, he came on last year and he just kept going. And so, and two has actually played pretty decent so far. We'll see if he keeps it up. Thought that was interesting. And then the last thing that I kind of want to talk about, I want to ask y'all and see what your opinion is. But what first round running back are we the most worried about after three weeks? We've had some. It's been kind of sparse out there on the running backs, and some guys that usually perform haven't quite performed yet. And so we got Jonathan Taylor. These are all guys that were in the first round for in our league. We have Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, and Alvin Kamara. So I'm going to pose that question to y'all. We can talk about it a little bit. Who, do y'all, who are y'all the most worried about? Well, you can go first. I think this is relative. But, like, I'll say, like, on its face, how can you not worry about Kamara? He's 54th mm-hmm. in running back ranks. That's terrible. Um, but also, I'll, I'll say this about two other – about Jonathan Taylor specifically. Um, Jonathan Taylor was drafted first overall. He was, like, pretty much the consensus guy. And he's been super underwhelming. And here's why I'm more worried about Jonathan Taylor than I am about, say, Christian McCaffrey. And they're right next to each other in rankings. Because Christian McCaffrey, although not performing well, has had games of 15.7, 17.8, 14.5. 
He's rushed for over 100 yards in two of those three games. That's pretty consistent. So if, if I can depend on 15 from Christian McCaffrey week in and week out, that's very helpful. But for Jonathan Taylor, he scored like he scored 28.5, then 7.3, and then 12.1. That is very erratic. And again, we're only three weeks in. I don't think that continues for Jonathan Taylor. But right now, I'd rather McCaffrey's production of around 15 a week than Taylor's, which kind of you don't know what you're going to get week in and week out. But how can it not be Kamara kind of on its face? That dude has been just terrible. So is this, are these points per game ranking, or are these just overall points ranking? Um, this is just overall points. This is just yeah. This is so overall ranking. I would have, yeah. I probably would have said Kamara as well before today. I, I was listening to Matthew Berry's new podcast, and and he mentioned I haven't fact checked this, so I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming he's right. Kamara's played like a game and a half this season mm-hmm. out of the three weeks, and yeah. so again. His production definitely has been low in that, that game and a half, but he went out ha- halfway through a game to injury and hasn't come back or something like that. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that that helps a little bit ease some of my concerns for him. I definitely would be concerned about Kamara. Um, not, I mean, Eckler, I thought he would be higher, but he, the fact that he's been – he's a, a very quiet RB13, <laughs> I think, right now. Like, it's, it's like I would have not expected him to be as high as 13 – because he just hasn't stood out that that much. Um, but, yeah, I think I agree with Will. I mean, JT is – I don't know. I mean, the consistency is just not there. Um, he had a slow start last year, so that, that you know, hold hold out hope for, for him to turn things around. Um, personally, I'm worried about Dalvin Cook, but he has some star power, so maybe he can turn things around too. Well, and the, the real answer is like – if you have one of these guys, you're worried, right? Like, lastly, you've got Dalvin Cook. Hanika, you've got Jonathan Taylor. I've got Christian yeah. McCaffrey. And, again, I think so far I'm least worried about McCaffrey, but I'm still pretty worried about McCaffrey because his targets has gone way down from what has mm-hmm. happened in the past. Yeah. And, and he's not, he, like you said, he's not getting that 20-plus that he normally is maybe ex- Exactly. Now, if he can every week – like, I don't think yeah, I lost good. the fantasy football season because I drafted Christian McCaffrey first overall and he gave me that. But mm-hmm. if, like, Alvin Kamara, like, Kyle's oh. got him, unless Bruce, the chances of your team becoming anything is is tough. That That's really tough. So, yeah. Um, well, and that's kind of my point. Derrick Henry should be on this list, right? He, I don't think he was drafted in the first round. Yeah, he had to have been. Yeah. Oh, maybe I missed him. And even Jerry I mean, Henry, like he had two bad same, weeks, and then he yeah. had a really good week. So we can throw them in think. there. Yeah, I mean, kind of what you were saying. I would be worried if I was on the bottom three of those guys. So if I had Cook and Harris and Kamara, those were my. That's my first round pick. That's my number one running back. Yeah. And I just yeah. don't feel. I don't feel confident at all that those guys are going to finish in that category where you drafted them. Yeah. Derrick Henry um, was drafted fourth overall, by the way, and he's 14th okay. in rankings. So, which, which is still kind of concerning because, you know, he's, he's Derrick Henry. You expect him to do much better than that. And he's had games of eight, eight, and then he had a 25 point game. So 
And in the first game, yeah. by the way, he had 21 carries against the Giants. Yeah, and that's he didn't a go nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a tough one, and he went nowhere. So, what would you that, say that, his rank was? What'd you say his rank it was? was? It was 14. 14. Yeah. Now, like if I'm if I'm Bryce, who's got Derrick Henry, he also has Amon Ross, St. Brown, Justin Jefferson, and Amari Cooper. So maybe I'm less worried because I don't need Derrick Henry to get me 25 because I've got those guys. But at the same time, he's got Russell Wilson at quarterback. Yikes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I think all these guys have a case to you have a, a case to be made for why they're I mean, you expect them to be in the top twelve of running backs, and only two of them are, and the two that are you expect to be in the top two. <laughs> so you know, I mean, the the reality is running backs in general, as I think we've talked about, have not perf- been performing. You know, I, mm-hmm. I saw today um, also that just another, I mean, in along the same vein of, and we've talked about before with, you know, should you take a wide receiver, one of the elite wide receivers in the first round of the draft? Um, someone that was arguing with as good as Lamar Jackson and, and Josh Allen have been, and Lamar yeah. has been extreme, like way better than Allen even has been, but Allen has yeah. been good, good numbers. Like, should you take a quarterback that early, you know, because of the, just for the same reason, like the advantage you're getting there for the same reason you take a Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, you know, my response was, well, just last year you had Tom Brady, um, Dak, uh, Ma- Matthew Stafford, all these guys were in the top 10 of quarterbacks and not like they were, Definitely below the tier of the Josh Allen, but not te- not as far as those ten are now <laughs> this mm-hmm. year. You know what I mean? So like, if the next two years it's like Lamar at Jackson and Josh Allen are just leaps and bounds ahead, then yeah, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. I'd say I'd like throw him in there. Maybe yeah. there's a case to be made to take one of the guys even earlier, but right now it's just still. I mean, we were only a year away from Tom Brady finishing as QB three, and so it's like you know. I, I want to see more. It's more it's unpredictable. Right. Yeah. At least to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Like, because quarterbacks are not as scarce as running backs, right? There are only a few teams that have that Belkow running back that's really going to be effective from a fantasy perspective. And quarterbacks, every team's got one, and that dude touches the ball on every play, right? So, and you know, Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, like, you obviously think, oh, these dudes are going to be pretty good fantasy players, but like, no way that I think Lamar was going to be this good so far. Like yeah. he's been out of this world good. And that's the problem, right? Because you're you're betting that they're going to score 35 to 40 points a game because that's probably kind of the difference that you're going to need to make up for what garbage your running backs are going to put up if you're stuck with, you know, Michael Carter and I don't know, who else? Alvin Kamara or whatever, I don't know. Two bad mm-hmm. running backs. Yeah. yeah, I think another big thing that plays where, again, like Lassie has said, the last two podcasts were only past week three. And a big thing in fantasy football is the law of averages. Once you get through a whole season, there's some of these players who have really big weeks and it averages them out to help them bump up in their rankings. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they were a solid fantasy player consistently, consistently across Mike the Mike Williams. Exactly. I mean, guys I, like that. I, I, I would never draft Mike Williams. He's and so too unpredictable I'm, for me. I'm wondering if we're going to have that same effect in this running back room just because these guys are going to perform and have some big weeks like JT in week one. But are we going to see that consistency? 
consistently across. And, and that's what I'm saying. That's why I think Christian yeah. McCaffrey is the one I'm, I'm still worried about him, but I'm least worried about him because he's put up yeah. right around 15 points every week. And, you know, that's fine. That's not great. That's not what you draft him for, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Especially this season when no real running back has really performed super well with the exception of maybe the top two, you know, Barkley and Chubb. James Robinson's yeah. been pretty good. Sean almost talked about those two because, man, Barkley looks back to where he was. I don't really just, want to talk about it. He looks good. He looks, <laughs> he looks good. very good. He yeah. looks very good. And then good. Chubb, Chubb <laughs> is the most consistent running back so far. Uh, through yeah, three weeks. he's been consistently very good. Yeah. So. And he's splitting carries 60-40 with another running back, which is crazy to me. That's just, still, I think that's a testament to how good he is, but it also – I think helps keep him a little bit more fresh than some of these yeah. other guys. Yeah, I mean, he's fun. so good on the ground. Um, he doesn't get a ton of receptions, but he's just so good on the ground. He gets a few a game, though. You know, it's not yeah. like nothing. So It's enough. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's enough. Okay, well, those are my takeaways. Um, we'll see how this running back room fares um, after a few weeks go by. But let's hop into our power rankings for our league following – three weeks in the books. So, Will, you want to take us away from the rankings? Yeah. I also did tiers because I think more than maybe any other year that I remember, it seems to me there's like a few distinct tiers in the uh, standings so far this season. So, um, we'll uh, we'll start, you know, 12 to 1, and I'll, I'll give a little bit about each tier as we go. So, uh, number 12 – and alone in the bottom tier. <laughs> he has his own tier. The oh, Dave yeah. Miranda's. Um, now, he had Brees Hall and Singletary on his bench, who had really good weeks this week. Can you depend on him? Honeycutt thinks you might be able to depend on uh, Brees Hall. But I don't know. I wouldn't. They just need Mike Evans back. Really wants to need Mike Evans back. They'll they'll bump up into the the next tier. So yeah, I depend on them over Brashad Perryman, who he has yeah. starting right now. Oh yes, yeah. he could be in the flex yeah. easy. Yeah, agreed. Um, okay, the next tier three. This this is the largest tier, so I'll go through and then I'll tell you where it stops. So uh, not your average Joes. Uh, Brown and Chase really need to do much better because the rest of the team is super uninspiring. I don't know what to do with Aaron Jones. Um, I hate, I mean, and I've said this before, both A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, I think, are really good players. I would never draft one of them. I had Aaron Jones last year and A.J. Dillon, actually, actually, and it was it was the worst. So they just need Brown and Chase to really be better than they have. On, on that topic, though, Will, I've heard you say that a lot. What's any different about that backfield than the Cleveland backfield or the Jets backfield or the ones that are splitting it? Okay, well, the, the Jets backfield the big... <laughs> is the the Jets backfield is not in this conversation. Uh, Broncos, they're... Broncos. Okay, fair enough. So, I will say the Cleveland backfield there is definitely a one A and then a one B. Like, well, and the difference Kareem... is points. Chubb is is killing it. I right. mean, like so 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 even though Chubb splits carries with Hunt, and even though Hunt catches quite a few balls. Chubb is definitely the guy from a fantasy perspective. He's a better player than Hunt from a fantasy perspective. And again, I love Kareem Hunt, but he's like a flex play to me, whereas Chubb is or Chubb is a running back one, right? Denver is probably a little bit closer to uh, Green Bay, but it seems like with Denver, 
you're going to get 10 to 15 points most likely from both players each week. You know, like Javante Williams might get 15 points, but then Melvin Gordon gets the touchdown or whatever. With Green Bay, I just have no clue what's going to happen at any point. And I, I wish they'd just play like one of them because I think if you had one, you'd be sitting pretty, particularly Aaron Jones. I think he's super good. And Honeycutt, to your point, like it's not my preference to have a running back from the Jets' backfield or the or the Broncos' backfield, but you know that that's how it works. I would take Chubb or Hunt. Both of those guys, no no questions asked. But um, it just feels Green like Bay, if you look Green at Bay her, specifically is just like I have no clue, and it, maybe that's maybe that's the crux of it, right? Like with well, it just looks like if you look at stats alone, or if you look at carries and receptions or targets, they get pretty much the same amount every week. And so do the Cleveland. Cleveland backs have just capitalized on those every single week. But these guys in the Packers haven't capitalized on their opportunities, but they've had the same amount every single week. Does that make sense? So, what I'm so, saying? Yes, but I don't think that tells the whole story, right? Because one, one game, Jones had like 30 points. A.J. Dillon had like 30 points the first game. So even though the carries and, and targets might have been equal, those carries and targets are not like – well, I mean, Aaron Jones just got, got in the end zone twice. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, who gets the goal line carries? Who gets the receptions? But Dylan, the Dylan had the, the opportunity zone. for one of those, and he missed it. So then Aaron Jones got it. Well, that's the same thing that happened to, to Hunt and Chubb this week was yeah. Hunt had, yeah. I think, two shots up getting in the end zone. He, he had three. He had three shots. Three. It was fourth yes. down that Chubb brought in. I, I was so I mad. It was third or so fourth mad. down that Chubb got it. But And then Chubb gets it. So if if Hunt gets any any of those three in, <clears throat> then Chubb scores six less points that, that uh-huh. this week and yeah. is it is a kind of a ho-hum 12-point-something week, and Hunt is like in the 15 range. You know what I mean? It's like it, it – it really does vary. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's kind of, it still is unpredictable in some ways. So. Yeah. In, That's in all some I ways. I think, I think like, in the long haul, it's, it's gonna, we're going to see it balance out because they're, they're getting the same amount of opportunities. I just don't know if they've capitalized it except for Aaron Jones in that one week, he had a big week. And well, AJ Dillon had a good week week one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then that's all that's happened. I, I don't know. I just think it's it's. I mean, Chubb Chubb just scored three three TDs in one week, right? Didn't he? It feels yeah, me too. It feels less like you're. It feels like you're guessing less with Cleveland, and you're guessing more with Green Bay. And that's my point, right? Yeah, like it's it's way more unpredictable from a fantasy perspective than Chubb and Hunt. And again, Hunt might outscore Chubb. He will do that several times this season, but you have a pretty good idea. Like, hey, first and second down, it's probably going to be Chubb. He'll get eight yards, you know, whatever. Um, so, anyways, gotcha. It's just it's very unpredictable, and I don't like unpredictability in my fantasy teams. Um, next, Funky Town, Mike Williams bust week, but I do think I believe in Christian Kirk. By the way, Jacksonville, Jacksonville mm-hmm. might be something. So, anyways, gangsters, just like. Why are we doing this? Why are we starting David Montgomery and Allen Robinson? What are we doing? I mean, this is <laughs> – what are we doing here? One, why did we trade for those guys? I said that at the start, but what are we doing here? <laughs> Flexes, uh, Hollywood Brown and Lamb had great weeks. Everyone else played, at, you know, about as advertised. 
I think they kind of need some running backs to step up specifically, you know, Dalvin cook. Um, but we'll yep. see. I agree with Daddy that. Kyle. Nice one against a bad team. Kamara. Did you already skip over a tier? No, I'm on the same oh, tier. Remember, okay. this is the largest tier. Okay. Um, Daddy Kyle, nice one against a really bad team. Uh, Kamara's a very good. Hopefully, Debo will be better with, you know, Jimmy G kind of more in the mix because um, he was electric last year and he's just been kind of, he's been fine this year, but not, you know, great. Hopefully, Thielen can continue. If Thielen can continue, this team might have a shot. And then the final tier in tier three is run DMC. Henry stepped up this week, but his wide receivers fell short. I'm specifically talking about Jefferson and, and St. Brown. Um, I think this team, they haven't really quite put it together yet. I think they can quickly shoot up into tier two and maybe end even into tier one because I think they've got some really good talent, especially if Amari Cooper can step up and Henry can continue this. They have one huge problem, and this is a huge problem, I think. Russell Wilson is not good this season, and that is a problem. So yeah. I think they need to go somewhere. And I'm not saying you get rid of Russell Wilson. He's a, obviously a good player in real life. He could definitely turn it around. I think this team needs to find a backup quarterback to step in for a few weeks until you see something different from Russell Wilson because he's been bad. Let so. me tell you, it is rough out there on the QB waivers. Oh, yeah. No, I've, <laughs> I've looked a couple times because I've got – one starter and then Deshaun Watson as my kind of two quarterbacks. So I'll have to figure something out one of these weeks. But so that's tier three. Now, the reason why this is tier three is the higher, the highest score in tier three, run DMC, is closer to Omar in points four than the person who's highest in tier two. So for some perspective, Run DMC has only scored 40 more points than Omar, which isn't bad. It's, you know, 13 a week or whatever. But we'll, I'll, I'll highlight the difference between that difference and Tier 2. So let's move on to Tier 2. Uh, Birdman is fifth, let down this week by all of Buffalo and Bateman. Um, this whole Buffalo thing, I, I love it. I'm, I'm excited to see where it takes them. It could crash and burn, you know, <laughs> tragically. But I, I don't think so. I think it'll be pretty solid. Uh, Zeke had a good game, but I'm I'm not betting on him to to continue. But we'll see. You know, there might be a quarterback controversy in Dallas, so you know who knows. Um, Maddie Maddie Ice, uh, just a terrible week. Uh, is Jonathan Taylor good? We kind of already touched on that. Like yes, but you know, rough, whatever. I don't know about AJ Dillon, like we've already talked about, because he's continued to be bad since week one. Uh, wide receivers are inconsistent. They need Keenan Allen back, who's a solid, you know, flex wide receiver too. You know, whatever. So that at least helped him a little bit with some with some depth. Um, <laughs> Keenan Allen is a flex. Yeah. No. Oh my gosh, no. dude. I, I have been a. And this you is think, on the record. I've so, been a Keenan Allen hater for. I know you. Yeah, but Keenan Allen finishes years. outside the top twenty-four for wide receivers. You think? It's just unimpressive. I don't know. I just never, never really liked Keenan Allen for whatever reason. I tried to get him to put him as my basically flex this season, but Honeycutt. Yeah, and that's ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. I offered He's not you a... almost my whole team. No, almost. you did not. Almost did not. not any of my top three running backs, but pretty much everybody else. No. Anyways, uh, last in tier two, the blue lineman. 
I don't believe in uh, Cortland Sutton, but I think I do believe in the Eagles and Devontae Smith. So, yes. you know, Mahomes, Cup, Devontae Smith, and I think Saquon, I, I was very skeptical after, or I guess before last week. And then he had a really good week, and now I'm like, okay, you know, he just burned me really bad last year. Like, I was super high on Saquon. I think I drafted him, like, fourth overall last year, and I lost pretty much the season with that draft. Now I still made the final because I'm a competitor, but, you know, whatever. Um, okay, so those are, that's tier two. Three teams, they all have some flaws, but they all have some really, really good players. Now, what I was saying earlier, the blue lineman, the top team in tier two, has 387 points. Run DMC has 340. The Dave Randis has 298. Run DMC is closer to the 12th place team in our league from points four than he is the third place team at six. So that's like a, a pretty huge gap there between kind of tier three and tier two. And then there's another huge gap between tier two and tier one. Tier one has two teams, the William Falcons. Um, really, this is Lamar Jackson. You know, he's, <laughs> he's that good. Uh, everyone else has been like, very good or, or good, good to very good, um, with the exception of Gerald Everett, who's been fine as a tight end. And I, maybe they found an answer at March receiver too. Either uh, Curtis Samuel or Tyler Lockett's been pretty good. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they've scored 427 points, literally 40.5 more than the blue lineman over three weeks. So that's a pretty huge gap right there. Last chubby girl is Cordell Patterson plus Mark Andrews. You know, uh, Cordell Patterson, what, what are we going to do about this? Are we going to trade him six times again this season? Or while I can hang on? Who knows? I don't know. I'm, I'm so – I joked last week, I'm so tired of this guy. Like, so tired of Cordell Patterson. But I think he's here to stay. So, I feel like um, I feel like Shelby Gurley's whole team is made up of those type of players, though. With Honestly, with the exception of Mark Andrews, like, yeah, yes. I, think he, I think he might be right now. He does have Jalen Waddle. Yeah. You know, maybe we can get behind Jalen Waddle, but Najee's been bad. Uh, Kyler Murray's, you know, he's seventh. That's that's good. Um, Drake London is fifteenth. You know, sol- solid. Damian Harris twenty. I, I don't know. It's just like I I don't. Last year they had Cooper Cup, and I think I mentioned this kind of last week. Cooper Cup had one of the greatest fantasy seasons of all time and carried this team to the title. Now he obviously Jamar Chase like was also on that team and he went off. But their their bedrock was was Cooper Cup. And I don't is is Jalen Waddle that bedrock? Okay, that's fine. He's really good, but that's not the same as Cooper Cup last season. So I don't know, Honeycutt, to answer your question. I honestly have no idea. But um Anyways, so tier one, the top two teams, tier two, three through five, tier three, six through 11, tier four, Omar. That's the power right <laughs> Nice. That's good, man. I like the tier, <clears throat> I like the tier yeah. system. The, I've, I've never, and I, I mentioned this like on in our group text, from a record perspective, our league is very even. You know, we have one uh, team that's winless, or two teams that are winless. What is it? One or two? Two. Two. Two, two teams, teams that are winless. Joe's one, but only one team that's undefeated through three weeks, which that seems really low. I don't have any data to back that up, but it just seems really low. Everyone else is yeah. one or two or two or one. But when you dig into it, you see, wow, like there are a few teams that have scored way more points than everyone else. 
Um, in fact, the Chubby Girlies and William Falcons are the only two teams to score more than 120 all three weeks. So that also lends itself to like not one. Like obviously, I had a really good week two, but I've still scored over 120 in the first and the in the third week. So like it also mm-hmm. lends itself to to some consistency uh, there as well. So yeah, it's good. No, that's that's good. Good stuff. All right. Well, that is our power rankings for post week three. Um, we're going to look at our matchup previews in just a second. Before that, I'm going to run through top fours really quickly. Um, at quarterback, we have Lamar Jackson, so. uh, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. Running back, we have Barkley, Chubb, Robinson, and CEH. That's kind of crazy. Uh, and then wide receivers, we have Diggs, Cup, Waddle, St. Brown. And then tight ends, we have Andrews, Kelsey, Conklin, Zach Ertz. So it looks like quarterbacks, that's pretty close to what it, it's it's going to be. Running backs, there's some shockers in there. Wide receiver, there's some shockers. Tight ends, there's some shockers. So, yeah, still, still not your normal names in those top fours after three weeks. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So matchup previews. What are our matchups for week four? Let's Can we go uh, over let's, total records and uh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Let's review first. So Will is six and six, and Matthew is four and eight, and I am also six and six. Honey cut. Pick it so up, dude. Our our bold predictions, uh, Will thought St. Brown and Jefferson would go for 60 plus. <laughs> and they went for like six. <laughs> they, <didn't, yeah. laughs> they went for like six. They plus. did not. Uh, Wait, yeah. did I say you write 60? I said six. No, 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 no. I said you six said plus. 60 no, you, plus. you said 60 plus. Right. I went back and let's roll, let's roll the tape. Let's roll the tape. <laughs> I think it's um, six plus. Honeycutt also thought they would combine for a lot, he said. And then I thought – I said uh, Henry would finish as a top three running back, which he did. Nice. Um, Matthew predicted Mike Williams bust, uh, which he did. And I predicted – That's a 50-50 shot, though. Hey, that's true. Hey, low risk. You know? Low risk. I thought Kyle Pitts would have another single-digit fantasy performance, and he did not. He listened to the podcast, and uh, that motivated him. So, you're so did Amari Pitts. Cooper. Amari man, Cooper oh, also man. listened he to the too. podcast he did. in a big way. He did. He did. <laughs> oh, man. Let's let's he stop. Did. Do we feel like that's going to continue? Yes, and I said it last week, or I, th- I was about to say it last like It won't happen again. It won't happen again. It won't happen again. <laughs> I, I think it will. I mean, man, I mean, if there's somebody to sell high right now, he's it. Yeah, I would. I would pay. Now, I'm not really super interested in trading right now, but typical me would be like, yes, dude, give me a Mario Cooper. I I buy him. So I scooped up the tight end because he had a big week. Yeah, I tried to, but I was higher on waivers because I'm better. But you know, <laughs> okay. Um, I predicted the, in the uh, pudding, honey. Cut. I, won I just had week. a bad week last week. Anyway, sorry, Lassie. Continue. We all guessed average Joe's would beat Chubby Girlies, and he did not. And I also thought Joe would win by less than five points, and he didn't. And he got beat bad. So, uh, then Will predicted Bird would win big, and he was even asked, he was making fun of Honeycut for flip flopping on this one <laughs> between Bird and what, the blue lineman, and Bird lost big. Honeycutt thought Cup would finish wide receiver one. I thought Diggs would finish wide receiver one. Um, those didn't happen. Here's another great one by Will. 
Uh, CMC will go for 25 plus Javante 15 plus Chubb 20 plus Everett 10 plus. None of those happened. Is that what I and said? You still won. You did say heck? that verbatim. Uh, and I thought Hertz would win or would beat Lamar by 10 points, and he didn't. And I thought Debo Gosh. would have a receiving and rushing touchdown, which uh, did not happen. Somebody should have predicted that Jimmy G would get a safety and throw a pick six on the same play, though, because that would have been pretty incredible. Oh, yeah. That was bad. So that's the that's the uh, review of last week. We uh, Will and I are tied 6-6. Six and six. Honeycutt has some ground to make up here, 4-8. Okay. So. All right. So moving on to our week. Did we not pick before week one? Is that right? Is yeah, that we six six? <clears throat> yeah, we didn't do week one picks. Week four matchup previews. The Dave Arandas versus all my flexes live in Texas. Uh, the Arandas are struggling. Will has harped on them a bit. Eckler hasn't been great, but is still running back 13 on the year. Higgins is solid. DJ Moore is terrible because Baker Mayfield is terrible. And this team has, we talked about some uh, running backs on the bench in Hall and Singletary, Singletary, but I don't think it'll be enough. Um, I had a big win last week with uh, CD came through and got 22 points for me. Funnily enough, I was playing Honeycutt in our other league and um, I needed CD to like walk this line of like anywhere from like 15 to 25 points would have been perfect. That would have sealed me the win in both because Honeycutt had CD um, and he did that exactly. So I got the win in both weeks, which is, Pretty great bomber. He'd have caught that long touch this week. You were 0 2 this week. Uh, I'm telling you, it was a terrible sun. It was was bad. It was awful. Um, and listen to this. I gotta, I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. Sorry to interrupt, Lassie. Go for it. I'm a little hurt that you guys have another league. Like, I thought this was the one and only, but I guess that's just me. No, I know. I mean, here's the thing that you guys spend some of your time. In I don't spend league. any of my time. I'm 0 and 3 in that league. Yeah, I don't Honeycutt, even look at it. Honeycutt sucks in this league. And it, here's the deal: it's it's my work league, so it's a, it's a Brookhill league, and we needed one guy to fill the last spot. So I literally called Honeycutt. He was driving to Dallas, and I drafted. When was this? Um, I'm about to be uh, doubly offended. When were you driving to Dallas, Honeycutt? Oh, it's when we were going to Hawaii. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm offended. I live close to DFW. I'm offended, dude. <laughs> We we literally hopped on a flight that night, I think, or I early that morning. I'm I'm hurt twice over. Oh god. Well, you know who you know who shouldn't be offended is CD Lamb by his target share. So he has twenty six percent, thirty four percent, and forty one percent target share the last three weeks, which is which is great. So I'm, the dude I'm, has to learn how to catch a wide open pass, though. He does. He, he does, does. He does have some drops. But and I he mean, re- he redeemed himself though with that great controversy. Yeah, but he should have had two. Anyways, let's get back um, to the Dave Aranda's first. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying here. I thought that was a pretty good segue, but y'all, no one said anything about it. So, um, anyway, Cook is hurt, but this team, but the Flexes have Madison um, as who arguably maybe it's the best just as good <clears throat> handcuff in fantasy football. Conklin has been steady, and and Hollywood Brown has been uh, exciting to watch in Arizona. Brady needs a bounce back week, and I think it happens here. Flexes win, and Brady finishes as a top five QB in week four. Man, I, I, I'm going to go with Dave Arandas. I'm, he's going to get his you first suck. win this week because uh-huh. he has already moved Brees Hall into his lineup. Mike Evans is supposed to be back. And That's all we need to know right there. Yeah, right there. Is Mike um, Evans back. Mike Evans, watch. Yes, he is. I honestly may 
if I was him, I may try to get Pollard in my lineup somewhere because, man, he's looking pretty good lately. But on the flip side, I do think Lamb and Pittman have really good matchups. And so if those two guys to, to, together can carry flexes, maybe. But I'm still going to go with Omar, Dave Arandas, with the win. Yeah, I'm not going to go with Omar. I'm going to go with flexes. Thank you all. Wide receivers, I think, make the difference in this game. Mm-hmm. CD plus Pittman and Hollywood Brown are way better than Higgins, Moore, and Evans, which is decent, but just I think the quality of the Lamb, Pittman, Brown combos is too good. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the support. You suck, Honeycutt. I'm going to, I think I was picking you in yours, but I'm not going to pick you anymore. So um, I'm going to change that up. Uh, The blue lineman versus Gangsta's Paradise. Linemen are riding on Saquon and Cooper Cup. Cup is elite, obviously, and Saquon has looked good. Hopefully he can stay healthy. I think this team needs some help at tight end and running back too. Um, and honestly, I don't really know who you pick between Henderson and Akers. I know Akers has come on, but I feel like the uh, – I don't know. I feel like Sean McVay just kind of goes with a hot hand there. So um, it's it, that's a tough pick, in my opinion, every week. Um, and the spinch isn't really that great. Uh, the gangsters also don't look – that great. Rogers has been bad. Ceh has been overproducing for the volume he've got. He's gotten. I saw this. He's had only forty percent of the snaps and thirty five percent of the rush attempts. But he's our running back four on the year. So that I just don't think that volume is going to hold hold him up. I don't think he's going to keep producing at that level. Maybe he will, but I really doubt it. Um, Kelsey and Adams are always great week to week. Tough pick here, but I think Gangsters takes it. Adams and Kelsey go for fifty plus, and Kyle Pitts is fine. Yeah, so for gangsters, uh, gangsters, 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 Montgomery is out, and so he's going to have to slide Ceh into the RB two slot, and then I think he's going to have to start Pitts as his flex, yeah. which is a net plus because David Montgomery stinks. He stinks. Well, Pitts has stunk too, so I'm going to go with the blue lineman. I think. Patty Mahomes and Barkley and Cup combination and Smith has played really well. That's going to take them to the win. I'm going blue lineman. What's shocking to me is the gangsters. The gangsters have the number one running. Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The number two running back. I'm sorry. The number three running back and the number four running back. Travis Kelsey and Devonte Adams, who's wide receiver twelve. And they're one and two, and they have not been good. It's kind of shocking. It's because they're spending too much time starting Allen Robinson and David Montgomery. Get those guys out of your lineup. And Kyle Pitts in the flex. Figure it out. (laughs) I'm not saying put Kyle Kyle Pitts in the flex, but just figure it out. That's what he did the first two weeks, and that's why he lost. Yeah. whatever Whatever you do with Kyle Pitts, I don't care. Get David Montgomery and freaking uh, Allen Robinson out of the starting lineup. Doesn't matter this week, they're going to lose. I saw this guy tweet. I I thought it was hilarious. He said, irony, benching Kyle Pitts because he was costing you wins, and now benching Kyle Pitts is costing you wins. (laughs) Uh, That's tough. So Okay, so you picked the lineups too. Okay, Daddy Kyle and the Millennium Falcons. 
Don't need to spend much time on this one. Falcons have the number one QB, the number two and number nine and number 17 running backs, the number 10 and 16 wide receivers, and the number eight tight end. This team is good, uh, and it's all thanks to Curtis Samuel, who is formerly on the flexes. Um, Daddy Kyle, on the other hand, has only three players in the top 10, Swift, Godert, and the Bills defense, and Swift is out this week, so Falcons win this one big. Yeah, I, I think it, I, I'm not going to say it would need to take a miracle because, like, that this would not be a miracle, but it would be a monumental effort or a monumental collapse, in my opinion, for the Falcons to lose. I think we're just better. Oh, by I will the way, say, can we talk about the Curtis Samuel Raheem Mostert trade later? I would love to talk about that. Anyways, keep going. I, I will say, um, Falcons, I don't know if you are, I mean, I'm sure you've seen CMC is on the, is questionable and Mike, mm-hmm. Michael Thomas is questionable. If those guys go down, you're, you're in trouble. I don't know if it means a loss or, or a win for daddy Kyle uh, this week still, but that, that will hurt you big time. If those two guys go down. Agree. Yeah. But I think they're both going to play. So I don't, I don't, the last I heard Thomas is very, very questionable. Like he may not play. That's the last I heard. CMC, I think he'll play. Yeah. So because of that, guys, I'm going with the upset here. I'm going to go with Daddy Kyle over the Millennium Falcons because I think Kamara has a bounce back week for the first in four, in four weeks, and Jamal Williams is going to get is going to be a touchdown machine this week because there's no Swift. Okay. And Alavi is going to play well because Thomas is out. Yeah, maybe is. we'll see. All right. Chubby girlies are swift versus the funky town fellas. Somehow, some way the chubby girlies are the only undefeated team left in the league. Very annoying. Uh, they're also number one in total points for, is that right? Or will, are you? No, one? girlies are three okay. points ahead. Okay. Patterson is apparently incredible. Waddle and London are legit. And Andrews is a beast. This team can score some points. Um, I think Funky Town kind of has a pretty has a solid team with Herbert, uh, Lenny, Wal- uh, Darren Waller, and Christian Kirk is really coming into his own. Um, I think it'll be close, but I'm going to pick Funky Town giving Chubby Gurley's his first loss of the season. I am doubling down on that one. Funky Town, fellas, with the win. Mike Shoot, Williams, I need to change my pick. Mike Williams with the boom <laughs> week. I hope Mike and Williams. pray for a Mike. Yeah, I hope and pray for a Mike Williams boom week. Honeycutt, to echo what you said. But I'm gonna go Chubby Carlos. You know this team isn't quite Alabama like we talked last year. They're more like um, I don't know, Clemson, beatable, but good. Yeah, that's probably pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but I'm I'm still gonna bet on Clemson because they play again in the ACC, and that's how I describe Funky Town. If Mike Williams has a bust week, but I'm I'm praying for a boom. I just don't know if it's gonna happen. So I'm going Chubby Carlos. Okay. Matty Ice and the boys versus run DMC battle of the hog fans over here. Matty Ice disappointed. Matty Ice disappointed last week. And for some reason, teams don't really put up points against the Millennium Falcons. Um, Matty Ice enters week four with the highest projected total in the league. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that. I'm sure Honeycutt noticed. Um, I've I've actually had that every single week. So it hasn't paid out. I'm I'm changing on the fly here out of out of sheer spite for Honeycutt wow. because yeah. I was picking him 
talking about how good this team is. I'm not going to say any of that stuff that I did. I wrote out. So DMC takes this one. Hmm. Well, you want to go first? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with Matty Ice and the boys. Uh, I did just see where Jonathan Taylor did not practice today. And so did Dylan um, did not practice. So I'm going to have to check in on that, but I'm still going to go with my team. I, I think this is the week that DMC puts it all together. I think Henry, Brown, Jefferson, Amari Cooper cumulatively go over six. Uh, I think they put it together. I'm going to go around DMC. Okay. Can we cumulatively go over six? Yeah, yeah. you can write that down. That's my bold prediction. <laughs> Man, I hope they go last, under. I said last week, but you guys were – misheard me or something no i did not uh, i listened to it twice to make sure uh, yeah i think over six oh, for those four players so okay all right <laughs> hopefully they'll all score one and a half points that would be awesome <laughs> um all right birdman versus not your average joe uh birdman had a bad performance last week uh and we've talked about him Time and time again, rising and falling with the Bills, but they'll probably be in a shootout with Baltimore this week. So I like um, I like uh, Allen and Diggs and uh, Gabe Davis as well. Mixon, Joe Mixon is quietly being the typical running back that he is. I haven't been focused on him because I've been too focused on Kyle Pitts and how bad he was in weeks one and two. Zeke looked better uh, as an art running back Nick last week, but I need to see more of it week to week to get off the Zeke is washed train. Um, question for you guys is Gabe Davis the next Mike Williams? Is he going to mm-hmm. be a boom bust guy? Um, average Joe is performing below average this year so far. It's tough when your RB2 is either Jeff Wilson or Josh Jacobs. Chase and Brown are legit, but that's pretty much it. Although I would take Joe Burrow over my quarterback, Tom Brady. So, uh, Birdman wins this one. Allen, Diggs, and Davis combined for 75. Wow. Yeah, Birdman is really, really dependent on the the Buffalo versus Baltimore matchup. Half his team is on that game. Um, and it's going to be a shootout. And so I'm going to go with Birdman over not your average Joes. Yeah, I'm going to honestly have a hard time, excuse me, picking against Bird. Because um, I do think that I really think Alan Diggs and Davis are good. And it's going to be, you know, their, their team's going to rise and fall based on their performance. Um, but I don't think Joe's is super good. Um, obviously, Chase and Brown are really good. But outside of that, you know, Burrow's fine. But everyone else is like, yeah, I don't know. If Aaron Jones is a big week, which, again, is that unpredictable kind of thing, maybe mm-hmm. Joe's gets the win. But I'm, I'm going to stick with Bird. What if this Baltimore-Buffalo game ends up being like three to six? That would be crazy. I mean, that would be insane. Buffalo's defense is really good, and the Baltimore's hasn't been as good. So you kind of – we'll see. I don't know. It would be 16 to 3. Could be. Well, that that wraps it up. We uh, – Honeycutt and I are both picking that we won't have a undefeated team next week, and we will still have a – no, Honeycutt's saying we won't have a defeated team. No, you never mind. You'll, you think Joe's is going to be defeated still. So, yeah. okay. There you go. Week four matchup previews are in the books. 
That is good stuff. Good stuff out there. Um, I guess that wraps it up. Anything no. else? We have trade. Oh, trade. Oh, it's, Jeez. This, is, this is a very dumb trade to talk about. What? Do okay. you even read the show notes? <laughs> I make the show notes. Um, okay, we had a trade between two different people on this podcast. Uh, between the Willennium Falcons and the Flexes. And- I just want to bring up that, and this is all I wanted to talk about, how I traded, obviously, uh, what's his name for Raheem Mostert, Curtis Samuel for Raheem Mostert. Because I'm like, I believe in Raheem Mostert. I think this is good. I think you should take Raheem Mostert. And then he scores 1.1 1. 1 point. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yep. And Curtis Samuel still a top ten wide receiver. So so far, so far, and I <laughs> I actually do think Mostert will will be a dependable fantasy option moving forward. Uh, but I definitely think I get the the good end of this trade. So after one week, I'd agree. But I you know I wasn't playing Curtis Samuel in my lineup anyway because. I'm not playing him over CD Pittman or Brown. Um, and so I was fine letting go of him. And I, I do, I'm agree with you on Mostert as well. I think by the season's end, he could be, he could take over that backfield. So um, I was fine to let go of, of Samuel. Maybe, you know, obviously after this week, it was a bad deal, but um, I think in the long run, it'll probably be pretty even as I feel like most trades um, are. So, so here's, here's the, the crux of the trade, right? Where do we think Curtis Samuel ends up at the end of the season? Not he's double-digit points every week. He's averaging 18.4 points. Do we think he's top 10? Do we think he's top 20? Do we think he's top 24? Like, Where do we think Curtis Samuel ends up at the end of the season? I think he'll end up being top 30, so like, if, I think he'll end up being a flex play. Honeycutt, do you have any opinion on this? Yeah, I'm right there. I think he's going to digress a little bit because I think the whole offense is going to digress. They just got off to a really hot start, and they had some really good matchups, and it's going to get harder for them. And so I think he, I think he'll be right outside the top twenty-four. See, I think he's going to be solidly in the top twenty-four. He's had eleven, nine, and ten targets the last three weeks, four, one, and three carries the last three weeks. So, you know, he's getting basically he's averaging ten targets a game. He's averaging, you know, two and a half. Uh, carries a game or whatever. I, I think he's, I just he's think, got I just a shot. Think, I mean, I think he could be pretty good. Uh, I just think to get in that top 24, solid, solidly in the top 24, which maybe I guess if he's number 24, he is technically solidly in the top 24. But I think to be up there, he's going to have to score touchdowns, and I don't see him scoring touchdowns every single week. You know what I mean? Like, I just, oh, he, he, yeah, he didn't last week and he got 13. So right. if, if he can I, give me 13 I, to 17, you know, on average, I think I'm happy with that. Yeah. I think I, I'm saying, I think he ends up averaging closer to the 13 than to 17, which I don't think is a, is a top 24 wide receiver. So. Let me see. I'll tell you what the average is for the top 24. Well, uh, we might want to look at last year because Terry, yeah. Terry McLaurin right now is averaging fourteen point four, and he's well. But let's look over a whole season though. What, what was oh, last I year? I mean, that's just you're making me pull up more <laughs> stuff, dude. I, that's keeping just you a, honest. That's keeping a you better, honest. 
Yeah, it's just a bad right, So twenty fourth last season was twelve point eight. So mm. if he's thirteen, it helped me out. Thank you for making me look up twenty twenty one. Appreciate it. <laughs> Are you sure you counted mine. correctly? I'm gonna fact check that. I mean, I'm I said twenty twenty one season, and I did position rank. I don't know. This can't be right. It has it has Stefan Diggs one? This is silly. Why is it doing this? <laughs> That's this year. ESPN has been uh, having some glitches there. You have to refresh your page. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think it's still tw- it's still Terry McLaurin, twelve point eight hmm. from last season. So again, thank you guys for <laughs> really. I you know it was a lot of more work, but I'm thankful that you guys made oh, me do man. that because it it helped my argument even further, and I think. It, Further shows my chances of dominating this trade are, are pretty good. So thanks, appreciate it. Hopefully, it's a win-win. I, I always seek the win-win, and he wasn't playing Curtis Samuel, and he got some running back help. So hey, you know he said it's a win regardless of how Curtis Samuel does. So you will see. Yeah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> All right. Any I last almost got closing statements too? I almost got Hollywood Brown too. That'd have been close, a good one. Yeah, it probably would be Honeycut, help me with that one. I talked him out of it because Brown was Honeycutt, way too. Why? Why Dude, would you do that? I'm not helping you. Let let the trade happen. Why aren't you helping me? Why are you helping Lassie but not me? What's the difference between me and Lassie? Well, because oh, you won. Know. You like <laughs> yeah. him more apparently. <laughs> Jeez. You've won too much, and I did it last year. I got. I got suckered into it at the last minute having to give you the top receiver. You had to do that, and you know it. I know. That's what I said. I had to. I got And you got Mark Andrews in the process. Don't knock like I didn't give you anything. I know. It didn't help me, though. Yeah, well, your team wasn't very good regardless, whether you had Devontae Adams or not. So, Anyways, I don't appreciate that, and I would – Appreciate, you know, Honeycutt, you don't interfere with my trade negotiations from now on. I, I just answered a question that was asked, posed to me. You should say I plead the fifth as an interested party in this because you yeah, it's not like I don't. Party. It's not like I don't get texts from you saying, "Man, that was an awful offer." Oh yeah, because I'm telling you. Can we talk about that real quick? No, oh, I need everybody to know this. Because this was this was. I brutal. just I just want to know how you guys get people to at least talk to you. Nobody is biting on any of my stuff. It's they're so, not biting for me. Either. It's so frustrating. Honeycutt, I you, can't trade anything. That's not totally you, true. Lance and I have had a lot of conversations about it. I just don't want to pay as much as he wants for some somebody. So, yeah, I mean, look, I haven't had any conversations with people in a couple of weeks at this point because I'm I'm for now I'm hanging tight. But Honeycutt, you offered Brandon Cooks for James Robinson on Monday after this past week. It was two players. wasn't just one No, player. it says Cooks for Robinson. I'm looking at the text. You offered Brandon Cooks for like the number three running back. That was Dude, bad. Rob- okay. Robinson was drafted in like the eighth round. Exactly. And he was sitting <laughs> on his bench oh, for two oh weeks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that, okay, yes, that's fine. But that doesn't justify – Brandon um, Cooks for him. That's a terrible offer. That's a he could terrible be a top offer. 15 receiver. Brandon Cooks? Could be. He okay. Was, he was pretty he high be. last year. James Robinson is top three. That's a huge difference. 
Will he stay in there, though? Honestly, do we guys, think he finishes? I have, the I have one one question here before we wrap up for you for for me. Terrible offer. What do I do about Tom Brady? Trade him for Deshaun Watson. No. I don't know. Then I mean, I, I he's like geriatric. I don't know why you drafted him. I mean, I think he's kind of like the Russ conversation. I try to find somebody to fill in the gap for a few weeks until he may revive himself. Like, I just don't – you're going to need to see a good week out of him before you get him back in your life. I will, I will say this, and I actually already talked to Bryce about this. I can trade somebody to Sean Watson who will be available, if I'm not mistaken, for week one of the fantasy playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. So if you're struggling at quarterback, like Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson is available. Now you're going to have to stash him forever and hope you make the playoffs. But we know at least one team is not making the playoffs, Omar. So you just have to beat three other teams, and then you're in. <laughs> so so he is available, and I'm, I'm willing to trade him. So just keep that in mind. I just am like, you know, I've, I've asked around the, the league of guys who have two quarterbacks and even – Lance, who has technically three quarterbacks, and it's just, it just is. I don't know if it's because they know I'm, I might be kind of desperate because of Tom Brady not doing well, or if they're just actually wanting. I just feel like they're all asking too much for their backup quarterback. For a quarterback, yeah, yeah. You can't, like, can't really like, ask too much for a backup quarterback. Yeah. Well, so. I, I mean, I would trade. Uh, Deshaun Watson plus somebody for Hollywood Brown. Yeah, I give somebody else with that. But Dude, Deshaun Watson doesn't help me right now. I need he help can't. now. Yes, that, that's that's fine. It won't Deshaun Watson you don't have, you don't have is no good to anybody. Deshaun that's, Watson will not absolutely not true, nothing. There is a full true. season. They, I, I could understand someone trading maybe a week or two before See, the this playoffs. Is, this is the him. problem. We need to talk about this too. All right. Why would somebody Eight. right now trade for him? That makes I'm not, no I'm sense. Not, I'm not saying they have to do it right no, now. Let, That's what I told let, Bryce. Like, let Will matter. take up a roster spot on someone who's not going to get him any points until the playoffs, and he still exactly. won't get him any points because you're not going to play Deshaun over over Lamar. So right. let him take up a roster spot on your roster. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. So here's the thing. Honeycutt, you said Deshaun Watson does nothing for anybody. I completely right now. I said right now. Okay, that's fine. I completely disagree with that because if you have – Jameis Winston as your starter, which Joe's did for a week or two. I mean, what are we doing? Now, all you have to do is you have to be one of the top eight teams. Literally two-thirds of our league makes the playoffs. And you can have Deshaun Watson, who I think most people would say he's probably a top five guy. I mean, maybe top ten at worst. but like Maybe he hasn't played quarterback in over a year. Right, and that's that's... fine. But the the price for him is not going to be that steep. And can he practice right now? uh, He can, I think, a few weeks before. Yeah, week six, I think. think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. He'll have several weeks, if I'm not mistaken, to practice before he's actually able to play. I just don't think Jacoby Brissett is is the real deal. (laughs) That's that's funny. That's funny. I think that's (laughs) – how many we we play fourteen regular season fifteen? How many? Regular no, season? we play seventeen. We end we no. oh regular season uh, yeah, fourteen. Regular season. 14. So I could see where someone may start a conversation week thirteen or fourteen. But the trade deadline's over by that point. I think I think you need to do it before that. 
Oh yeah, when's the trade deadline? No, end of November probably. So, week look, 10, I'm, week I'm telling you guys, it's not going to cost a ton. Like I'm, I'm really looking for a wide receiver too, and I would throw in another wide receiver to replace them. It just guys. doesn't help. It doesn't help someone who has Jameis. I mean, they're going to have to get no, to the playoffs. For, for Bryce, for example, like Bryce is going to make the playoffs. His team's good enough, but Russell Wilson has been garbage. He could make that trade right now, and he would, you know, obviously save but himself. Bryce, he doesn't have another quarterback. So he Is would he? have to go get another quarterback right. to replace on, Russ. He's in the same boat as no, me. He would, I mean, he would keep Russ. Team. He would keep Russ. He just – if Russ continues to do poorly, he'd switch to Sean once he gets to the playoffs. Like, Russ would still play. I don't need Russ. Why would I want Russ? You're saying he still makes the playoffs even with playing Russ, starting Russ. I mean, he's sixth in the league right now, right. and he's, you know – I don't think uh, gangsters or Joes or Arandas are going to pass him up, so he's got a pretty good shot. I just I disagree with the argument of how Watson means anything until maybe a week before the playoff starts or two. Maybe maybe look, take it for like a team like me. I'm not gonna I'm not guaranteed to make the playoffs like Bryce is. I'm basically guaranteed. Yeah, I'm, I don't. I don't think you need to. Make, you need to focus on winning. And if right. if by week seven, you know, you've won three in a row, and you're you know firmly in the top, I don't know, six or whatever, then I think you should start thinking about it. If if you win in spite of Brady, but like, no, you're you're sitting in uh, seventh place with the same record as the person in ninth. I think. No, you don't. You don't have the same record, but. No, I'm totally um, you're you're one I, game ahead. I mean, yeah, I, I totally make that makes sense. I'm not saying you need to trade him now. I'm just saying like there is a certain team that it might make sense for. There's probably a few teams that might make sense for. Maybe not now, but down the road. Some might make sense to you now because then you get Sean Watson. Don't have to worry about it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I mean, Daddy Kyle's got Kirk Cousins. He's in. He's in playoff position. That ouch. stinks. When do when do the buys start? Kirk coverages at Kirk Cousins averages fifteen points, and I think it's week four when buys start. This is week four. Yeah. Is How that many wrong? Points? Maybe that I don't think we have anybody on buy this week, do we? I don't know. None of my guys are on buy. Maybe it's not this week. I don't believe. So. Yeah, I don't believe so. How many points per week does Lamar average? Oh, uh, thirty-five. It's amazing. Stupid. Wow. Dude, Jalen Hurts is at, at 28. Buy a start week six. Okay. okay. Week six. We'll need to start covering that then. Bye. Yeah. All right, guys. We got we to gotta wrap this up. Why? We've been on here forever. How long? Time check, Lassie. Time check. No, I'm not a time checker anymore, and I hope Kyle roasts Honeycutt on the group text for time checking us because he did that to me two weeks in a row. Kyle is Kyle equal in his application of justice? No, but <laughs> he, I will admit, sometimes he lives rent free in my head, so I'm trying to kick him out. Kyle is rent free in your head. Why? Sometimes I said, sometimes I live rent free in Kyle's head because he thought I vetoed that trade and I did not. So that is true. He, he swears, he very, swears up and down. He, he was very accusatory. He's mad. Uh, now I played that about it. I've acted like I was like, oh, did did I feed her the trade? I don't know. But I truly did not. Still, that's still an anomaly how that actually happened. I really it's not an anomaly. Bryce, Tate, and four other people vetoed. No, Tate but can't, Tate, Tate, Tate can't veto. Yeah. Whatever, Bryce and four other people. Five other people. 
Wasn't me. And it wasn't the two of us. So, anyways, that's a story for another day. Okay, guys, we got to wrap this up. Um, Time check. Keep it chilly, (laughs) my friends. Peace out. Nah, later. I don't know what to say. Seek the win-win. Seek the win-win. There you go. (laughs) That's been your stick all year. You got to stick. Oh, seek the win-win. Also, last thing, we've been on this for an hour and a half. Time check. we need to do a Di- dynasty league. Dynasty league. I knew you were going to throw it in there. I had to throw it in there. It's. I'm. I'm going to ride this pony all the way to the finish line and plead for a dynasty league forever. I mean, I would have traded a first round pick already this season. Oh.